Money Pit is brought to you by The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is The Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. We would love to talk to you about your home improvement plans, your home improvement projects. What do you have planned for the year ahead Do you have some New Year's resolutions that you'd like to set realistically to get done? We can help you with all that at 888-666-3974. Coming up, heat from a wood-burning stove can make winter easier to bear. So you want to make sure that your wood stove is burning the whole season long. We've got tips on how you can buy the best, cheapest, and safest firewood coming up. And if you think you've had a hectic holiday season, what about your dog? We're going to tell you how to help your pets handle the holiday stress with tips on keeping them comfortable and safe. And does the idea of a smart home send your head spinning? Well, get a taste of the future with small, high-tech changes that can add up to big convenience and savings. We're going to have some tips on just that. Give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Leslie, who's first? John in Michigan's on the line is having an HVAC issue. What's going on at your Money Pit? Well, I got a house I just bought recently. It's on a, it's a ranch uh, on uh, with crawl space, no basement. Okay. And my heating ducts are in the ceiling, and the return is on the outside walls, but it's not ducked back to the furnace in the crawl space. It's, it's all open down there. There's no, no ducking. Does the return duct run also through the attic, John? Yes, yeah, so the heat's in the attic. All right, so what's your, what's your question? Should it be ducked back? To the furnace, the return. What you're telling me is that the duct system goes through the attic, the furnace is located in the garage, and when you pull the vent, the uh, um, the filter off of the furnace, there seems to be no return connected to it whatsoever. Is that correct? That is correct. That's a problem, okay? Because the way an HVAC system works is it doesn't heat the air up all at once. It recycles the air, and it gets warmer every time it goes through, or in the summer it gets cooler every time it goes through. So you definitely have an incomplete HVAC system, and you need to have a real HVAC professional come in and evaluate it and figure out the best way to get you a return system in that house. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. All right, John. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Jane Ellen in Pennsylvania is looking at getting some new windows. How can we help you make that decision? Yes. Well, we're looking at getting um, replacing our single-pane windows. And our question is, do you think it would be more cost-effective to spend the extra money on triple-pane windows, or would double-pane windows be okay? Uh, other than the windows, the house is fairly well insulated. It's not real drafty. Uh, we haven't priced our options yet, so we just... We're looking for an opinion. I think that double-pane windows will be fine. The thing is that when you shop for windows, you have all of these different features and benefits that you have to compare and contrast, and sometimes it gets very confusing when you do that. What I would look for is a window that's Energy Star rated and one that has double-pane glass. As long as the glass is insulated and has like a low E coating so it reflects the heat back, that'll be fine. It's been my experience that unless you live in the most severe climates, triple-pane glass doesn't really um, make up the additional cost in terms of return on investment. Wonderful. Thank you so much. What kind of windows do you have now? Are they very drafty? They're, well, they're single-pane windows. They're, they're relatively decent windows for single-pane, but they're, they're old. They're starting to, you can see the gas is starting to escape from them, and they are a little drafty. We're our house has a 
field behind it. Our backyard kind of opens up into a field. So there's a significant amount of wind that comes across the field and flows into the back of the house. And um, off the main back area, we have like a three seasons room, which helps to block some of the wind from the interior downstairs. But the upstairs bedrooms, you feel the wind a little bit more significantly. And we notice the single pane windows a little bit more there. It seems more drafty right there. Well, I think these windows are going to make a big difference for you. Now, if you need to save some money and maybe not doing them all at once, that's fine too. What I would do is the north and east sections of the house first, sides of the house first, and then the south and the west second. Okay? Okay. Sounds great. I know given the winter that we've all had in the northeast and pretty much all over the United States, you might think that a triple pane glass is going to do the trick, especially when we've had, what, like an average of five degrees time? Yeah. (laughs) I got to tell you, the days that we've had like 30 and 40 degree temperatures, like I've put on a light jacket. I've seen families out with no jackets. Like people (laughs) are out of their minds when we get 40 degree days. I know. We're happy for it, right? It's like summer. (laughs) All right. Well, Jane Ellen, I hope that helps you out. Thanks again for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can be part of our program 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just give us a call. We're right here to help you with your home repair, your home improvement question at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Still ahead, do you think you don't have a smart home budget? Well, there are very simple upgrades you can add for safety and convenience that don't add up to a lot of cost. We'll have the details after this. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, is your pet ready for the year's coldest temps? Well, don't let that fur coat fool you. It doesn't guarantee that your dog and cat are safe and warm. Get cold weather tips that will get their tails wagging on our homepage right now at moneypit.com. All right, now we're heading over to John in Iowa, who's dealing with a leaky shower. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've got a shower on my main floor where it basically leaks onto the floor in the basement. And when I removed the two-inch trap, this is a home that was built in 41, but it's been remodeled recently, probably within the last 10 years, or at least the shower has. I, I noticed there wasn't a whole lot of room between the tile and the, and the flooring 
or the, the main wood behind it, as well as they sealed up the drain. It was basically just a two-inch PVC sealed with some sort of cement, and then a drain popped on top of it. And I'm curious, I mean, how can I remedy this issue? I mean, obviously it needs a proper drain, but I couldn't find anything to fit the hole that they had. All right, well, first of all, it's still leaking, and, and you're in the middle of this project. Is that correct, John? Well, I, I basically, I just bought this home, and I basically said, okay, we're not using this shower. We have, a, we have an upstairs shower that we can use during, you know, during the remediation process. Is this a tile shower? Yes. So with a 1940 tile shower, the first thing I would expect to leak is the lead pan. And the way those showers are built is there's a lead pan put in uh, against the drain, then the tile is put on top of the lead. And so over the years, those pans would crack. And the way you test a lead pan is simply by blocking the shower drain and then filling up the bottom of the shower with as much water as you can get in there, usually you know four or five inches of water, and then wait and see what happens. So if it's possible for you to test the pan, I would do that before I started before I start assuming that the leak was at the drain because it might very well be that the drain is not leaking, the pan is leaking, and if that's the case, then you have to tear out the shower base and rebuild it. Ah, I see. <laughs> All right. It's the lead pan because, you know, a pan that's 60, 70 years old, they just don't last that long. All right. <laughs> okay. So seal it off, test it off. You know, you know what works well? One of those, um, you know, those, those um, rubber jar openers that are yeah. about six inches in diameter. Put that across the drain, fill it up with water, and then watch for a leak. All right. I'll try that. Okay, John. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You know, Leslie, in the 20 years I spent as a home inspector, I used to check those pans for leaks all the time that way. And we got, you get smart after the first time this happens to you is that you never let that water sit very long. Like you fill it up, you go downstairs immediately and see if it's leaking. Really? It's that fast when you've got a crack in the pan? Sometimes, yes. Because if it's going to leak, if it's a bad crack, you it may never have been discovered or it might have been so slow. But by filling the whole pan up with water, you prove it very quickly that it's leaking. So that's why we always check very quickly to see if there's a leak. And then if not, you know, fill it up, let it sit there for a half hour and go back and check again. But uh, it's a very, very common area for a leak. And unfortunately, a very expensive one because think about it, you got to tear out all that tile and you got to rebuild that pan. And today, of course, we don't use lead. We usually use fiberglass. But it's a pretty big renovation, probably a couple thousand bucks worth of work. Marta in Iowa, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? I have a set of concrete steps um, that are adjoined to my concrete driveway, and they are separating the step is separating from the driveway. Okay. And I have like a big crack, and it's kind, and the concrete's kind of starting to eat away. But I also have like sand coming out, and I want to know what I can do to, well, because i got to fix it. I don't know if I can just, do I use concrete in there? Do I use a sealer in there? I don't know. But i got to do something, and I don't want the crack getting bigger, especially with winter coming. Right, and you're correct, because if, if you do let it get bigger, what's going to happen is water will get in there, and it'll freeze and expand. So you do want to seal that. I would take a look at quickcrete.com, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E.com. They've got step-by-step videos there that will take you through this process. But essentially, you're going to use one of a number of different types of crack repair or concrete repair product that they sell pre-mixed, ready to rock and roll, and you're just going to apply it. Some come in, in caulking tubes, for example. Some come in squeeze bottles. You apply it to those cracks, let it flow, let it settle, let it dry, 
and that will seal the crack and stop it from any further deterioration. Because it's up along the house, too, and I put some concrete in there. But Well, the problem is that you can't use regular concrete because if you put concrete in by itself, what happens is it will freeze and break and crack and fall out rather quickly. That's why you need to use the products that are designed for repair because they both adhere okay. to the old concrete, um, and then they stop the water from flowing in. And and that's going to do the job. Okay, Marta? Sounds good. It was quickcrete.com. Quickcrete.com. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. So it turns out Americans are adopting smart home technology at higher rates than the rest of the world, including Europe. Just in the last few years, home automation has made major strides, and there's virtually nothing now that can't be remotely controlled. Now, if you're one of those homeowners who's a little resistant to major changes, there are small, quick, and relatively inexpensive ways that you can make your home into a smart home. For example, new light bulbs can help you make your first move towards a smart home. Now, not only can you turn the bulbs on and off from your phone or remote, but many of these new bulbs, you can actually tune them to different colors, either whites, different use of whites, or you can change their colors completely like perhaps when it's party time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are a couple of ways to get started upgrading your lights. You can either replace one at a time with connected bulbs, or you can invest in a smart switch. Now, that's going to mean that instead of replacing each bulb, you've made the entire circuit smart. So with this new switch, you can control any and all bulbs on that circuit, even if they're just regular light bulbs. And that's today's home automation tip presented by The Home Depot, the destination for smart home solutions and technology with a huge variety of brands and expansive platforms. Check out the Lutron Casita wireless in-wall dimmer. It gives you the ability to set the right light for any activity, whether it's reading, watching TV, entertaining, or having a casual dinner. You can control the lights from anywhere in the room with a remote or from your smartphone. Available at the Home Depot or online at homedepot.com. All right, Anthony, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? We have a three-burner gas range, you know, one in the um, oven and then two on top. And we have a, it, uh, a, an odor emitting from one of the pilots that seems to be a little bit uh, higher than the other one, and it's building up like a ashy, you know, creosote, real fine black mess. If you touch it, it goes everywhere, and it and it smells in the mornings. You know, when you wake up, is it not vented properly? Here's what I think is happening: the burner is somewhat partially blocked, and so the gas is not fully combusting. And when you get uh, a gas flame that doesn't fully combust, it has sort of a sickingly sweet smell to it, which actually contains a pretty high level of carbon monoxide. So what you should do is take those burners apart and clean them thoroughly and get them operating properly again. There's something obstructing the burner, and that's why it's not fully combusting. It also accounts for the fact that it's building up an additional carbon deposit. If the gas is not fully combusting, this is what happens. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Charlene in Tennessee with a flooring question. What can we do for you? Well, uh, our, we built our house in 2006, and we purchased from the mill solid oak hardwood planks, you know, that we were going to put down for flooring, and it's six inches wide, tongue and groove. Under, underneath that, we put, my husband thinks it's called Advantic. Advantic, it was a 50-year warranty, 
and the mill told us between that and the Tungan Groove Solid Oak to put six mil of uh, plastic. All right, so what's the problem we're trying to solve here? The problem that we're solving is in a few areas, one which is mainly the bath and the other is the kitchen, there's a squeaking noise. It's like you can't sneak in that area at all, make that that noise. So when you go on a diet, your husband can can hear you when you try to sneak into the kitchen to get to the refrigerator, huh? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) All right, so look, this has little to do with what is underneath the floor and more to do with just sort of normal wear and tear and expansion and contraction. The reason those floors are, those boards are squeaking is because they're moving. And so what you need to do is to tighten them up. Now, since it's a finished floor, you can't just go willy nilly throwing nails and screws into it. You got to be a little more strategic. So what you want to do is find the place where there's a floor joist underneath, and you can do that with a stud finder. And once you identify that spot, you drill small holes through the floor and you use what's called a trim screw, which is only a little bit bigger than a finish nail. You screw through the finished floor into the floor joist, and that will pull that floor down and make it tighter and reduce the amount of movement that it's capable of, and that's what's going to quiet down your squeak. A little harder to do when it's a finished floor, but that's the way to do it. Okay, it sounds like it might be an easy fix. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Scott in Michigan is on the line with a garage door that just loves to stay frozen shut. Tell us what's going on. Uh, we have uh, half of our basement is our garage. Uh, so on three sides, there's two sides of dirt, one side is the house, and then above is the house. Uh, cars, we park two cars in there in the winter. Snow melts off the cars, ends up uh, freezing the doors to the ground. Uh, so end up salting and, you know, getting ice gone and having to shovel it back out. What kind of a seal do you have on the bottom of the garage doors? They are old school wood doors. So they just have like a rubber seal on the bottom. Uh, nothing fancy. But the, since there's no center drain, it's sloped for the water to drain out the front of the doors. Uh, have you thought about replacing those rubber gaskets? Uh, yep, and we're actually, that's what we're kind of at the thing where we need to replace the doors because they're getting in worse shape every year. But we don't want to put the money into the doors if we're just going to, you know, put new seals on it. We're just going to hold the water inside then. Well, I mean, rubber gaskets um, are designed not to stick to ice, so that might solve part of the problem here. And if you're thinking about new doors, just replacing the gaskets, if you want to buy yourself a year, a, a year or so, is not going to add to a, a big expense. You know, we're talking about probably twenty, thirty dollars in gasket material here, and you can do the job yourself. But do you think that would just hold the water inside, and then it would just be a ice dam inside and freeze? No, it's not that much of a gasket. It, it'll it'll let the water run wherever the water runs wants to run. It just I don't think that doors will stick to it as well. But how's the water gets in? How's it going to get outside? If the water is just sitting there, you're gonna you're there's gonna be no way for you to drain it and have it run outside. One thing that you could do is you could you could add garage tiles to the floor. Garage tiles are uh, a floor made specifically for garages that uh, sit up about a half inch or so off of the floor or three quarters inch off of the floor. And those are good because the water will drain through the tiles and kind of sit below them until it evaporates away. There's a lot of different styles and colors online. And they can actually be quite attractive and look kind of cool as well. Okay. Thank you. Scott, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pay. Still ahead, has the hectic hubbub of the holiday season rubbed off on your dog? 
Well, we're going to help you keep your furry friends safe and comfortable. We've got expert advice on exactly how to do that when the Money Pit returns. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, holiday celebrations are lots of fun for us humans, but loud sounds, unfamiliar sights, and a disruption in the routine can be very uncomfortable for your fur babies and cause them to behave poorly. Here with some advice on how to keep dogs calm and comfortable through the new year is Brian Bailey, an expert animal behaviorist. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me. So when you think about it, the holidays are fun, but they can also be stressful for us. It's hectic. There are lots of people coming and going. So I can only imagine how disruptive it might be for your dog. Why do dogs have such a hard time with unfamiliar sights and sounds? Well, they're creatures of habit and also they're territorial creatures. And, and things that we would uh, perceive as being fun and like good cheer can bring good fear to a dog. Loud noises, party makers, uh, being very boisterous, uh, a, red, a, a man wearing a red suit yelling ho, ho, ho can, can be translated <laughs> by the dog as no, no, no. Uh, it's a very stressful time for dogs. A lot of uh, you, you may have family coming over, but to you, they're family. But if your dog hasn't seen these people in about a year, then they're not family. Uh, they are intruders. Uh, they can be aliens uh, as far as alien people uh, to them. And uh, therefore, they can be uh, considered a, a threat to them. 
So we just really have to go through the holidays and really look at it from the perspective of our dogs and, and not our own perspective. So, Brian, what can you do to help your pets? Well, a couple of things that you can do. First of all, if you're going to, if it's going to be during the New Year's, there's going to be some loud noises. Uh, try to just uh, either A, just put the dog in a, in a tight kennel uh, and cover it up. Make it dark. Make it a tight space. Dogs are descendants from wolves who are den-dwelling animals, and the den is not an environmental part of their lives. It's a safety part because underneath the ground, they're safe. They can be kept safe from other predators and other danger. A lot of dogs will become destructive during noises such as the uh, New Year's because they're trying to escape. They're trying to either get back to you, where are you, I'm trying to find you, safety numbers, or I'm just trying to get away from the loud noises. I even had a client's dog one time tunnel right through the living room wall all the way into the garage. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, very destructive. Uh, right through all, you know, studs are 16 inches on center, plenty of room for the dog to get through. And he found it. He was like his own stud finder. Absolutely, yeah. He, he, he definitely had panicked and realized that that's where the humans left. They went out the certain door that led to the garage, and I'm going to go find them. So it can be a, definitely be terrifying, but placing them in a kennel and covering the kennel up uh, the where it's dark inside, Definitely helps. And if your dog is tends to be unusually nervous during times like that, then, then see your veterinarian prior to the, the event and maybe place the dog on something like Alprozolam, uh, just as a mild sedative. It'd be like the, almost like the equivalent of you having maybe two or three glasses of wine. We're talking to Brian Bailey. His new book is called Embracing the Wild in Your Dog. It's available on Amazon right now. So, Brian, uh, we have a blue chick coon hound that we love, but, uh, you know, this time of year, there's lots of food lying about around the counter. And actually, it's one of his only bad habits. We have to be very protective of our food. What do you do with dogs that like to countersurf like that? Well, I, I, countersurfing can be very dangerous, not only just annoying, but very dangerous. We, we as humans tend to place things up on our counter and forget the fact that our dogs can reach it. So this is a, a problem that I think needs to be addressed year-round and, and not just during the holidays. Uh, the, the key to training your dog not to counter surf is to make sure that the dog understands that it's the counter and not you. For example, if you walk into your kitchen and yell no and you catch a dog, but then other times you don't catch the dog, then the dog will soon learn that the counter is not dangerous. You are. So I just won't get on there if you're, you're around. Uh, I love using scat mats, uh, little electrified mats that are just battery operated. Just lay them on top. The dog steps up there on the counter, touches it with his paws. And says, ouch, counters are bad. I don't think I want to touch counters anymore. But whatever you do, just try to associate it with the counter and not you. So, Brian, this time of year, I feel like a lot of people think it's a great idea to give, you know, their children a puppy or a kitten or some other kind of a pet. What can we do to sort of help make that transition easier? And is it a good idea? It's a good idea any time of the year, just as long as we're ready for it, as long as we, we accept the fact that we want a young dog in our lives uh, something that can make the transition easier for the dog and you is the ability to contain the dog. The dog doesn't need to be out around the family all the time. Placing the dog in a kennel will help with this housebreaking and also cut down on the tendency of the animal to become destructive or to go potty in your home. Uh, once again, if you catch a dog going potty sometimes, but then sometimes you don't, while you teach the animals, it's not dangerous to go potty in the house, just dangerous to go in front of humans. So they'll slip off to that guest bedroom that never gets used or the formal dining room that only gets used a couple times a year. And that's where they'll go potty. Same thing with chewing. So I love to have a 10-foot line for a dog, just a cotton web lead when the dog's out of the kennel attached to a human 
or when the dog cannot be supervised, just place the dog back in the kennel. So you'll have a dog that's perfectly housebroken inside your home. Brian Bailey, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Good advice. Brian's new book, Embracing the Wild in Your Dog, is available on Amazon. To learn more, you can visit TamingTheWild.com. That's TamingTheWild.com. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, sir. All right, guys, still ahead. The wrong firewood won't just burn dirtier. It can actually do a number on your wood-burning stove. We want to make sure that you're burning the best wood for your stove and your health when we share the details when we come back. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, do you want to wow your house guests this holiday season? Check out our Holiday Home Makeover Facebook sweepstakes going on right now for a chance to win three fantastic prizes to help you host in style. That's right. Our first prize winner is going to take home a cartel by Lofen Designer Bathroom Stool and Mirror Set worth $1,125. It's the perfect finishing touch for your at-home oasis. Visit Facebook.com slash The Money Pit for you to enter. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever buy a bathroom stool and mirror worth 1100 bucks. I'm just saying. I probably would. I, although, <laughs> I would fall in love with it and then be sad that it's so expensive and then somehow talk myself into buying it and then have a credit card <laughs> issue. Yeah, but you see, if you enter the contest, you might not have to buy it because you can win it. Go to Facebook.com slash The Money Pit. All right, next up, we've got Rudy in Tennessee joining us here at the Money Pit, who had a leaky roof, and now you're trying to fix up all the remaining issues. Tell us what happened. So we had a big rainstorm and just got a call and from my wife, and I came in and looked at it, and I had a bunch of water running down the seam of my drywall into the onto the landing inside my house. Um, then I called... A handyman, he came, took down the drywall, and we noticed that it was kind of leaky. The roof was leaking, and then it came in on the drywall. I had a roofer come out, licensed. He came, he repaired the roof, and also put, like, some water guards to kind of channel the water away. And then the handy guy put up the drywall and taped it, painted it over. And so then, probably about a month later, all that drywall, the new drywall kind of buckled, kind of came out. And there's no more water. It's rained here multiple times since then. I haven't seen any more water come in, but I didn't know if it was moisture still in the wall or if it was just faulty drywall that the person put up. Well, it's not, it's no such thing as bad drywall. There are bad drywall contractors, but no such thing as bad drywall. And when you say buckle, is it swollen or is it sort of popped off the wall? popped off the wall like you can push a little bit on it and you can see the exact place where the it, the patch drywall was like you can look at the scene and it's kind of uneven okay so if it, it, it sort of popped off the wall then i suspect that it just wasn't adhered properly and it might just need to be resecured. You might need a few extra drywall screws or nails in that. If it's swollen and starting to look like it's wet or damp or stained or moldy, then of course the roof leak could be continuing. But if it's just loose and came off the wall, then it might in fact be that it wasn't attached very well and normal expansion and contraction of that area has forced it to sort of release. So I would go back to the contractor and ask if uh, he can resecure it and retape it, respackle it. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Enjoy listening to your show. Well, thanks so much for calling, Rudy. We appreciate it.
Well, a wood-burning stove is a hallmark of the holiday season, but you have to be careful. The wrong fuel can cause costly damage. Yeah, you never want to burn trash or driftwood or any treated woods. Always use seasoned wood for the best heat release and minimal creosote buildup, and that's going to help prevent the chances of a chimney fire. And you know, folks always say to use seasoned wood, but what exactly is seasoned wood? Well, Think about this. Freshly cut wood contains about 45% water. But seasoned wood, which is pretty much sat and dried out, is only going to attain about 20 to 25% water, and that makes it much more burnable, and you get more BTUs out of it, and that is the key. Yeah. Now, if you cut your own wood, you want to make sure that you've chopped it about six months to even a year before you plan on using it. Time and sun and wind, that's going to remove all of that excess moisture for free. And splitting the logs also helps, too, because more surface area means more evaporation. Now, if you buy wood for your stove, you want to look for logs that have darkened ends that are cracked and split, because this means the wood is fairly dry. It also should be lightweight. That means most of the moisture has evaporated out. And if you kind of clunk it together, there'll be a sort of obvious noise to that when it hits another piece, again, that makes it sound very, very dry and solid. Kevin in Texas is dealing with a dangerous situation. You've got water leaking through a light in your kitchen? I actually live in an apartment, but nevertheless, my concerns are, you know, obviously, you know, valid uh, Mm -hmm. for my health and so forth. All of a sudden, water started coming through the light fixture in the kitchen, and uh, I threw down buckets and went up and knocked on the gentleman upstairs' uh, door and turned out his washing machine had gone crazy and had... Uh, put a bunch of water in my ceiling that oh, most of wow. which came right through the light fixture, point of least resistance. However, I can tell that it got into the rest of the ceiling. There's a place where this living room is bowed in, you know, with a stain, so I know that they got wet up inside there. And furthermore, the guy, uh, when he was made aware of it, apparently thought that it wouldn't act up anymore and actually turned on his washing machine again and went and stepped into the shower. And so it just, you know, leaked profusely until we could finally get his attention me oh my me God. and maintenance, you know, I mean, we're sitting there with shop back buckets and mops and just shaking our heads. Wow. So it was a one-time event, so it wasn't <laughs> an ongoing leak. And I was wondering what my risks are of black mold. Is there a test? Is there a preventative? You know, what is, what's the story with that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, but here's the good news. A single leak like that that happened and then dried out is not going to become an ongoing mold problem. If it stays wet for a long, long time, And especially if it's in an unheated place, it's more likely to become a mold problem. But a single leak like that is not. Um, And also one more point, and that is you mentioned that your ceiling bowed if, and I hope it doesn't, but if that ever happens to you again, what you want to do is somewhat counterintuitive, but that is to poke a hole in the ceiling wherever you see that water starting to form. Because it's easier to fix a hole than it is to replace the entire ceiling, which is probably what will end up having to be done. But when you see water coming through like that, what you should do is grab a screwdriver and just poke a couple of holes until you find the spot where the water just starts dripping out. The quicker you can empty that ceiling of water, the better off uh, you're going to be. And, you know, we had a problem like that not too long ago because of a piece of flashing that blew off our roof. And the first thing I did was took a Phillips screwdriver and poked three or four holes until I found the right spot. All that water drained right out. And all I had to do was fix those holes and didn't even have a stain on the ceiling when we were done. Wow. Yeah, that's good advice there. Uh, I guess I should have thought of that. But, you know, when you're renting, you're... Uh, yeah, you don't know. And that's why, that. I always, that's why I always <laughs> take the opportunity to mention it. Because, it's, it's first of all, you don't have the experience because, thankfully, people don't get these kinds of leaks. Um, but secondly, it's very counterintuitive because, you know, you don't want to damage your ceiling. Well, it's already damaged once that water's behind it, and it's going to get a lot worse really fast unless you poke a hole in it. 
head, no sooner do you trim it, well, then it's time to get rid of it. Do Mother Nature a favor and dispose of your tree the earth-friendly way. We'll tell you how when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, if organization tops your resolutions list, start with the place that probably needs it most, your closet. We've got affordable space-saving tips for closets big and small on our homepage right now at moneypit.com. All right, and post your question just like Kevin did in our community section. And Kevin writes, why are my plumbing pipes in the wall making a knocking sound after I have turned on the hot water in the bathtub? Yep, good question, Kevin, and very common, too. There are two general reasons that cause pipe noise. The first is expansion, and the second is what's known as water hammer. So because your noise only occurs when running hot water, the culprit is probably expansion. You know, copper pipes that are not securely attached to the wood studs in your wall can rub on that wood as it expands. And this can create a sound that's very often described as sort of a knocking or a banging or even a dripping sound. But what it really is, is the pipe very slowly but surely sort of creaking as it drags across that wood stud on the way out. And then as it cools, it drags again sort of on the way back. Now, the other plumbing noise, water hammer, generally occurs when the faucet is turned off. Water is very heavy, about eight pounds per gallon, and you've got a lot of force that sort of shakes the pipe when it's turned off, especially, again, if those pipes um, are loose. The solution is simply to better secure the pipes to the framing. And you can also install, which is sort of a water shock absorber in the system. It's called a water hammer arrester. And it basically will take the impact of that force of the water running through the pipes and suddenly stop and give it kind of something to uh, bounce against so the pipe doesn't move quite as much. Yeah, basically, it's your house's way of disturbing your very peaceful bath. Well, the holidays produce lots of waste, but your tree doesn't have to be a part of it. As the season winds down, you start to think about undecking the halls. You want to make earth-friendly plans for your holiday tree. Leslie can tell you how in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, I love a real Christmas tree, and you got to remember that your holiday tree is good for more than just memories and photos. Get this, guys. Every year, about 93% of real trees are tree-cycled which means they're returned back into the environment. Now, the results are quality mulch for our landscaping and gardens and ground cover for hiking trails and playgrounds. Recycled holiday trees are also used in beachfront erosion prevention and then lake and river shoreline stabilization, and they're even submerged for fish and wildlife habitats. Did you know that your tree was going to go on to have such an amazing adventure? So how do you go about returning your tree to where it came from? Now, the easiest way is to recycle it in your own yard. You could consider converting your holiday tree to a bird feeder and maybe a sanctuary for your yard animals. You want to do that by after you remove all of the decorations and make sure the ornament hooks and garlands and tinsels, all of that stuff is gone. Then go ahead and retrim the tree with some orange slices and strung popcorn. That's going to attract all your fine feathered friends. And within a year, your branches are going to be pretty brittle enough that you can pretty much break the tree apart by hand and then add it to your compost pile or run it through a wood chipper and that'll create your own mulch. 
Now, in some towns, my town does this. They always sort of put an ad in the paper and say, like, this is the day, so put it out by this day. You can actually recycle your tree the same way you'd throw it out. You just drag it to the curb. You want to check with your local waste management company. They'll tell you what their holiday tree pickup plan is. And many actually integrate this into their ritual for recycling schedule. So pay attention to your local program date and make sure that your tree is ready to be hauled away by the date. Don't leave it out there for too many days. You know, don't miss the day either because then that tree is going to just sit there and look horrible for everybody and your neighbors and perhaps get snowed over. But again, make sure everything is off of it because they do throw them right into the chipper and you don't want lights on or anything. So make sure it's ready to go for them. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show coming up next time on the program. Are you tired of shoveling after every storm? Well, a snowblower can do the job for you, but they're not one size fits all. We'll have tips and they can choose the best snowblower for the job on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.